Welcome to the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson and Mike Persuda as we have been every day after the Steelers finish a training camp practice. And, well, Mike... Even when they don't. Even when they don't. Even Even when they don't. Yeah, we are here. But uh, today was a practice, but it wasn't necessarily a training camp practice per se. It was more of a regular season type practice. Well, along those lines, we only have one more show of this after tonight. So training camp is about to say bye-bye. Training camp is saying bye-bye. In fact, I mean, honestly, if you look at it, the training camp portion of this training camp is done. Um, they are they're gearing up now. They're tre- today was treated like a, an in-season Wednesday by the Steelers. So there were uh, scout teams running, working against uh, the first uh, team offense okay. and defense and the second units and all that stuff. Running uh, the Giants defense. And yeah, offense, there was yeah. some delineation there uh, in, in terms of those things. And it was essentially the way that they would run a, a Wednesday practice in-season. Interesting. Yeah, now Mike Tomlin wouldn't go as far as to confirm that they ran giant stuff, but uh, I see by the handy-dandy full practice report that it was deemed uh, reportable that, uh, as you just said, Dale, they went uh, scout team offense and defense against the ones and twos. But before we delve into that, and there are some interesting nuggets, believe it or not, uh, coming out of that handy-dandy practice pool report, I've already guessed the theme of the music. Have you? What's that? Yes. It is songs that honor the team that is destined to finish last in the AFC North Division because we just heard from the Bengals. <laughs> that is incorrect, and nowhere near the mark. You were, you were. I'm figuring. I'm figuring coming up next is going to be Ohio by Cross. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, Sloopy is on. You know, no, it's. Nice. <laughs> No, that's got to be it. That's got to be it. it. It is not it. It's but, a good first uh, guess. You, you'll get another guess after the uh, after the next one. <laughs> but uh, that's a good guess. I know the answer, so I'm not yeah. Gonna, Matt I'm does not know the answer, right. but that is a good a good solid guess. Um, Mike, it rained throughout the process today. Uh, it would rain and then it would stop, and then it would rain some more, and then it would stop. And I thought it was interesting. You know, it was a good, I guess, kind of way to get to see who's a mutter and who's not. Who can handle these kind of weather conditions and who can't? The wind was swirling at Heinz Field a little bit, uh, even though it was still, you know, seasonably warm, um, you know, warmer, I should say, than what you'll see in October. Uh, but, uh, you know, I thought that they, they, you know, gave them some good game-type situations of things that they're going to see once the season starts. Well, you know, usually, Dale, when you want to find out who's a mutter and who is not, it's best to go back into the lineage. For example, if you find out that a certain person's father was a mother and his mother was a mother, invariably you, you ascertain that he loves the slop, just eats it up. Good point by you. Yes. And, and, and then you go from there. Um, did, yeah. anybody, did anybody get that? Was that really that bad? That was pretty bad. That was, stretch, yeah. Yeah. That was like a 50s style. Yeah. Kramer. Jackie Mason. I yeah. think Crawley made My the father same was joke today on the drive. Oh, man. That's better than that. Really bad joke, then. I got to be better than that. (laughs) Uh, To go over the injury report from today, David DeCastro still missing from practice. Uh, He left last Friday's scrimmage early. Uh, We have not seen him. yet? We've not seen him on the field since that Friday practice. And, yeah, it's a little little worrisome. 
Uh, also not participating today was offensive lineman Stefan Wisniewski. Hmm. That was a new one. Uh, that was the first time that he has not been out there. Long snapper Cameron Kennedy uh, was a partial participant. Uh, it looks like he's still trying to work his way back from that knee issue that he suffered a couple weeks ago. Real um, quick qu- question for you. If the starting guard didn't participate and the backup guard didn't participate, are we allowed to say who did with the – We are not. Okay. No. Fair enough. Yeah, you could you could do the math based Somebody on Somebody lined up at, at right guard. I assume they did. Yes, yeah. they I did not. I have a hunch who it is. <laughs> but. Okay. All right. Fair enough. I didn't know if I could bring it up or not. I was just... You have a hunch. I have a hunch that it was not Tunch. It was not Tunch. It was not Tunch. I think it's safe to say. Or Wolf. Uh, Chris Wormley, uh, with his shoulder, was a full participant today. Uh, that was his first time back as a full participant. And, oh, good Lord. Um, quite some time. Huh? Yes. Yeah, okay. quite some time. Uh, running back Anthony McFarlane was back. He did not practice on Monday. He was back on the field today. Um, Warmly, as I mentioned, had been a, a, a partial participant. Cornerback uh, Cam Sutton did not finish practice. He's being evaluated, uh, according to Mike Tomlin, evaluated for what we don't know. Hmm. He is still alive. <laughs> He's being yeah. evaluated, though. He is being evaluated. Okay, aren't we all? Might, might be for uh, Burns, based on uh, the handy-dandy practice pool report, uh, describing Ray-Ray McLeod having a nice catch of a deep ball against veteran corner oh. Camp Sutton. Toast. Kind yeah. of Linda Ronstadt blew by you there on the, <laughs> on the sideline. <laughs> yeah, Ray-Ray made a push today. I L- thought he... Linda could make an appearance in this uh, opening music thing, right? No, no, no. I'm bad at that game. By yeah. the way. I was really bad yesterday. Yeah, we talking about this. Never mind. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think uh, you know when when you look at it. I know one thing that I did notice for sure that um, they tried. They didn't use Ray Ray today on punt return stuff. He was not back there. Uh, they had the new guy that they they just signed, uh, the kid from uh, Penn State, uh, DeAndre Tompkins, Tompkins, and he was quickly. Tompkins, I'm sorry. Yeah, he was quickly not out there very long after he missed a couple, uh, hmm. just completely misjudged the punts. You said it was windy, but new guy might not be here too long, huh? Yeah. All right. There yeah, there. that's had his shot. Yeah, he had his shot and he blew it. Hmm. Sometimes you only get one. But it sounded like Ray Ray hung out with the offense. Ray Ray hung out with the offense, yeah. Okay. He's not looked bad. And that's what he does, though, right? He's not okay. looked bad, yeah. Um, you know, I, that's why I had him on my initial 53-man roster. Um, then Deion Kane had a strong practice Monday. I think that's that's a neck-and-neck race. Could Switzer get the boot? I mean, we I had this conversation. I don't see that happening. Okay. I really don't. We won't revisit and that. And that brings us back to the handy-dandy practice pool Go report. Right oh, also, let... let it be known that during a kickoff return period, Ryan Switzer was the main return guy. With Benny Snell and Chase Claypool as the upbacks, now Kickoff I think return. that kind of, I think that kind of confirms what we've been talking about uh, all along with Switzer that they're going to have a role for him, and and they're they're going to have a role for him, and it, it might not be the role that uh, I would choose or Dale or Matt, but uh, the powers that be, and I guess that includes Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, and Ben Roethlisberger are going with Switzer. Uh, I thought that was revealing. Yeah, I, I did as well, and they, they did a lot of that today in terms of who was on what units. I was I was making sure I paid attention to, okay, these, this guy's on the, the, you know, the kick return unit. Hmm, that's interesting. One of these things, right. you know, that guy wouldn't be who you would necessarily think would be out there, or this guy's on the on the punt, punt team, team punt those, team, those yeah, kind yeah. of things. So there were some interesting guys out there in some of those situations. I mean, in a nutshell. It was kind of cool, too, yeah. that, uh, that they did those kind of on the fly. Yes, Quickly. Because Mike Tomlin wanted to uh, make up for the experience they're not going to get in the preseason games. 
So they would run some defensive plays, then all of a sudden the punt return team would come out. Or they would run some offensive plays, then all of a sudden the field goal team would come out. Because Mike Tomlin wanted to practice that exchange or that transition from defense to special teams and make sure you had 11 guys out there and they were all lining up in the right spots. And uh, Dale, I was watching that thinking, I wish the Inzers could see this. They do work on these things, yes. Yeah. Sometimes things go kerfluey in games and the response is invariably – don't they work on that stuff in practice? <laughs> Interesting that you is, say that. Because the answer is they do. As we were <laughs> they standing go there, over everything. Yeah, they go over everything. As we were standing there watching them do some of those things, um, we were back in the tunnel. It was, it was raining pretty well, and, and, and that was one of the moments when we stepped back and kind of to get out of the rain. And Craig Wolfley was back there talking about how early in his career uh, they were down. the Steelers were down in Atlanta, and – he was chatting up a Falcons cheerleader when he was supposed to be on the field for punt. <laughs> he said he did make sure he said this was pre-marriage uh, before he was married. Uh, but he was chatting up a Falcons cheerleader when he was supposed to be out on the punt team and didn't get out there. Whoops. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> and he said that, uh, you know, nobody noticed it that day. But then Chuck Noll caught it the next day. Didn't know why Wolf wasn't out there on the punt coverage unit or the punt uh, kick. The, the kick or kick kick or punt unit, I should right, say. Right, right, uh, And I guess to this day still doesn't know or didn't know, never find out. <laughs> he said if Chuck would have found out what he was actually doing, it, there would have been trouble. And to Mike's it point, though, I mean, the, the fans take that stuff for granted. Like, oh, you, you should be able to just run right out there and know your time. And, you know, a couple times practicing, it's important. I mean, you don't want to screw it up, obviously. And, and they you, do you know, take the time to do it. Not only that, but those those units do change from time to time. Like, you, you oh, probably, yeah. probably started practice on – like they, as when you walk into the locker room, on any given day, though Danny Smith will have who's on what units up it's on the wall. It's a depth chart. Yeah, right, the depth yeah. chart on the wall. So you're expected to okay. I'm on the first punt unit today, mm-hmm. and to uh, know I'm where you're at. First yeah. punt anymore. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, exactly. And or so I got bumped up. I got okay. Now all of a sudden, oh, hey, it's punt time. You, you know, you may have been, you know, not on the field, and all of a sudden you got to grab your helmet and get out there. Yeah, I'm a wing. I need to be out there. Yeah. Right. Hustle. So. Or what if what if you're on the second team kickoff team? And L four gets hurt. Got to know your job, All right? Man. Your backup L four. Now you're, you know, you got to pay attention to that stuff. And I think that can particularly happen. You know, these guys are coming here, and I, I, I would assume most of them understand that special teams are real important, and that's the way they can make the team. But I still don't think they come in focused on it. I think they come in focused on I want to show these guys I can play linebacker. Oh, or I want to show these guys yeah. I can play running back or what have you. And it's still not. Uh, Particularly when they haven't been in the league yet, I don't think they grasp the gravity of it until they actually go through it. I mean, I don't think they come in saying, I'm going to be the best L4 in the league. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, nobody's saying that. Right. Uh, but it goes back to what Bob Labriola likes to talk about a lot when he brings up Fred McAfee. Yeah, you know, right. Fred McAfee played you know, 12 years in the league as a running back. I don't know that he had 12 career carries. Yeah. But he was a really good special teams player. You know. Kasim Osgood. Oh, and, I mean, yeah. a lot of those guys. Yeah, it's Slater. There's a litany of guys, right, yeah. yeah. I mean, so. think of uh, Sean Moray and, uh, you know, Tyler Matikiewicz, uh was incredibly highly regarded as Absolutely. a special yeah. teams player. Derek Watt doesn't have a ton of carries in the league or catches, but he is regarded as uh, one of the best special teams players in football. And once you become that, you can stay that for a while. I've got a great Sean Morey story. So the Steelers uh, go out to Denver in 2005 and beat the Broncos in the AFC Championship. 
They're going to the Super Bowl the next week. <laughs> so I think it was Denver. Might have been San Diego that year. Whatever. It was. It, I think it was Denver. Um, and at that point, I was still on the team flights along with some other media members. We were all flying back with the team. And I was at the end of the line along with Tunch and Wolf as we're walking through this little FBO center, uh, little off yeah, char- off the beaten paths air, air center. And Maury had stopped to chat with somebody behind us. I don't know if it was a family member, somebody. He stopped to talk to somebody. And they weren't going to let him back into line with us. because, he, <laughs> And he's, he's yelling, but I'm a player. I am. I'm sure, a player. Yeah, right. <laughs> Didn't quite look the part. <laughs> and we had to vouch for him. Like, no, yeah, he, he really belongs here. He's one of the players. Yeah. Because he was like 5'10 and 180 pounds. He just looked like anybody yeah. else walking around. Yeah, the you know, just right. <laughs> they right. had, we had to talk them, talk them into letting him back in line with the rest of the, with the, with the, rest of the team. <laughs> and what was he for Brown? Something like that, yeah. He was, yeah, he was. Yeah, somewhere, <laughs> some, some place where really smart people go. Yeah, and you know, it's not like he had uh, a reputation from his college days of dominating uh, preceding him. So that, that that is a great story, but uh, uh, that is something. Again, I want to harp on that point, you know, revisit it just for the people out there in, in Steelers Nation Radio Land that they go over anything and everything you can think of. Yeah. Now okay. whether they, whether so, it sinks now, in now or sometimes not. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes they don't do it twice. I mean, there's a lot of ground to cover when you're that detailed. And when you you know there's there are a limited number of reps and opportunities and they want to make sure they get everything covered. So you better be paying attention because it may come up a month from now. And, and you way, better know what to, you better know what to do. And, and what happens too, like, is if someone gets hurt in the second quarter, say it's say it's Watt, you know, I mean, say it's Derek Watt. Well, then Tomlin gets on the headset, and as soon as he gets a note, says it to Danny, "Hey, you don't got Derek anymore." Danny goes and tells whoever L four is, and then that guy needs to know from that point on. Right? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, hey, okay, I'm stepping. I'm up in. Now. Yeah, right, all right. I'm up. Uh, one little note here uh, from the handy dandy pool report that. Um, people who weren't there might read something into this that maybe they shouldn't. Uh, the first team went 3-1 and one when Benny Snell followed a pancake block of Zach Banner off the right side. Mason uh, Rudolph led the second group, uh, whatever. Okay, so you look, you look at that and you say, oh, the first team went 3-1 and one in seven shots uh, with Benny Snell following a pancake block off the right side. You would look at that and say, gee, I guess Zach Banner was the, the first team offensive tackle all day today. That would be something to imply, or a sixth offensive lineman, or in that, a sixth offensive lineman in that. Could, yeah, could if it's be down by or, the goal line. Could be either or, and they were at little the goal column line. A, little column B, six of one, half dozen of the other. Does yeah. that mean T.J. Watt was pancaked? I don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Can't say. Uh, or was he, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> really look making things up oh, as you go. Although you could you could refer back and 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 read that. You know, the ones and twos went against scout teams. Correct. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to so, – there's sure. nuances in this whole thing. Oh, today. I know. That, we found that's in there out. too, yeah. you gotta, <laughs> you got to play along at home and keep up. One nuanced question. Is today the first team the t- first time the word scout team were typed up? That appears to be the case to me. Okay, okay. I don't know about that you, Mike, absolutely, that, that sure looked that, that way That is absolutely me. the case. Yeah, okay. That is absolutely the case, yeah. On, yeah. To, on to New York. And I would expect it's, more of that tomorrow and, again, more of that Friday. I think I think he's going to simulate a regular season work week the rest of this week. Makes perfect sense. 
Yeah. Might as well. I mean, I think they're pretty set on their roster and who's playing and you know everybody's role. They're not where the Giants might not be. They very well may not. Right. They're still signing guys who you'd think might play for them in week one, mm-hmm. including Johnny Holton yeah. today. The, the Johnny they Holton. signed Johnny oh, Holton today. Yeah, how about that? Uh, we're now, Matt, th- you're, a, you're an ex-scout. I mean, you saw Johnny Holton play last year. What tape are they looking at, seriously? Right. I mean. Could they have a need for a guy who can run real fast down the field and catch the ball ever? He was a decent special teamer, though, at least, right? Yeah, it's good. He got point. down there. I don't know that he ever made any of the tackles, yeah. but he did. I mean, special teams had course He issue. got down there. Yeah, yeah, that's not a bad point. I mean, and even, you know, the first guy forces him one way and the, yeah, the second yeah. guy yeah. finishes right. So, Maybe so the speed helps, I guess. He's still hey, a fast the Chicago guy White Sox doing. thought they needed uh, Jared Dyson. You never know. They might, yeah. They're contending for a division championship. <laughs> <laughs> he is Mike Pursuta. That's Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll see if Mike can get that clue number two on today's theme music we'll give it to ohio it's about the Bengals. we'll give them that shot right after this Welcome back to the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lolly here with Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson. Uh, Mike, guest number two is? That's I'm so excited, right? Yeah. Yes. What's the theme for Yeah, they're excited meeting? about Joe Burrow. I'm sticking with the <laughs> what's, what's more exciting than Joe Burrow, the guy who had the greatest college season in the history of college football? <laughs> Uh, that is not correct. <laughs> that is correct. Not, you're just upset that I guessed it right away. I'm like that guy on Family Feud that just presses the button. They say, a lawyer, bang, and then you get it, and the other family is flummoxed. If the next one is the theme from WKRP, you're in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, our Steelers coverage is brought to you by PNC Bank. PNC Bank is the official bank of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, guys, I wanted to play a little game here today. Hmm. I'm going to give you some questions, and I'm going to ask you uh, for your immediate – we didn't talk about this beforehand. Uh, I want your immediate reaction to uh, to what you think will be will, will happen here. Okay. So. You're going to call on us, or do we have to raise our hands, or – I'll call on you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Mike. The Steelers' leading rusher this season is? James Conner. Okay. James Conner. You feel like that's just the – I think if he plays nine, he gets it. Nine? Yeah. You think he can get there in nine? Yeah. Snell was, I mean, Snell almost had him last year, mind you. I mean, if Snell's a seven-game starter, I expect his workload to be less than Conner's. I think if, yeah, I, mean, I think nine's the magic number. Ten would assure it. He wasn't very far off last year. I hear you. Okay. No, I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a layup. No. Uh, a lot of people might. I, I'm a big Benny Snell guy. Um, but I'm going to go with Connor. If you look at it last year, uh, Connor finished. He led the team. Connor had 464 rushing yards in 10 games. Snell had 426 in 13. Okay. So it was closer than 
Yeah. I think Connor's better at carrying the ball and would get okay. a higher workload than if Snell was the top guy. Okay. He had eight more carries than Snell last year. Okay. So I'm still taking Connor. If by chance. Not the, it, I, I, I think Snell might be a little bit more uh, of a closer this year. I think he might. Hmm. Because I think they might have more leads. I also but think that because of That's of usually, Connors. you know, between the tackles, put your head down and get two, three at a time, right? Right, so, right. But I also uh, think I'll that st- Connor's fumbling issues are real. And if you're looking yes. for a closer, it might be Benny Snell. If in the end... Oh, I think and, it will be Benny Snell. Yeah. But I, I still think Connor will make more explosion plays. I agree. I agree. If in the end it ends up being McFarland, which none of us are voting for, that's either a really, really bad thing or a really, really good thing. Depending on how many yards right. that is. Right. It might well, be like, let's, wow, let's go there next. The, okay. Steelers, the Steelers' leading rusher, true or false, the Steelers' leading rusher this year will have over 800 yards. Mike? True. False. Hmm. 800 is not a lot. It's not a lot. You're talking uh, – Kind of hedging my bets, too. <laughs> Dale, if you bump that up to 1,000, if you bump that up to 1,000, I'd go false. But I, I might go false go there, true. too. I mean, they don't have a back on the roster that's had 1,000 yards in the NFL. What about 900, Mike? Uh, you're teasing it then, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What's your breaking point? <laughs> <laughs> Buy a few points. We're getting real, we're getting real close, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I think it's over 800, but maybe not by a lot. Because I think they're going to work the other guys in. I, I really do. I think I, I, agree. I think they're going to have a role for okay. for Benny Snow. I think they're going to have a uh, some kind of role for for McFarland. I think they're going to find ways to use these guys. So the first month of the year, everybody's healthy. You think Connor, I think especially in the first month of the year, just because that's what I'm of thinking the especially yeah. right. Do you think Connor gets a l- lighter percentage of the pie than maybe we expect or he has in the past? Initially, for sure, yeah. I think that's yes. the case. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Not that we expect – I would expect that to happen, so I think it will be lighter than he has in the past in terms of the pie percentage. Understandable. I'm going to still go under 800. Okay. Mike, the Steelers' leader in receiver receiving receptions, I should say, in 2020 will be? Receptions. Receptions. Not receiving yards. Not receiving yards. Receptions. Juju. Mm. Matt? Deontay. I'm going to go Deontay as well. I feel pretty strong about it, too. I think I'm getting he, good odds in Vegas. I'm throwing a couple of ducats on that. I think that. he's more of a separation guy, and I think that, that, that yeah. it turns into him getting the 80-plus catches and maybe Juju gets 70-plus. All levels of the field. Yeah. Who plays more snaps? I bet it's pretty close. Cause, It'll I mean, be, yeah. They, they use them all. Too. I don't think right. that really matters. Um, but... I mean, if you add in special teams, it's going to be, no, not it'll be Deontay Johnson. Um, who leads, Mike, the Steelers in receiving yards? Deontay Johnson. I agree. I know Juju's broke some long ones and plays faster than he times, but I think Johnson's faster, better with the ball in his hands. Better chance to shake a guy and take it 80. Yeah. Mike, well, Juju does not have a track record of that. He though. does. Last he, year, he has shocked me. Made that yeah. play in San Francisco. He gets those. I don't know how he does it. I don't. He just seems to all of a sudden he mm-hmm. breaks into open field and there's nobody behind him. He's a strong runner too. Yeah. I mean, in terms of breaking tackles. Well, I think yeah. some of that's because he is playing in the middle. You know, he's playing out of the slot and he gets you right. Know, he can slower split people the, around. Split him. the safeties and mm-hmm. go. Yeah. Uh, Mike, this is one that'll be near and dear to your heart. Over under for Chase Claypool 
catches. 35. 628 before his name came up. How about that? That's <laughs> pretty pretty deep into the show. <laughs> over I, I got to go over on I got to go over on that. That's over only on what two and change a game. Yeah. I'm going under. You going under on that? I'll take whatever the over is in terms of efficiency per target. Martavis Bryant, his rookie year, caught 26 passes for 500-plus yards. Can he have that kind of impact? Yeah. It was very – I think he had seven touchdowns in ten games. It was something something ridiculous. It might have been more than that. It was ridiculous. I don't know what we're going to talk. You know, Claypool touchdown over under. Well, we're going to do that next. Okay. I didn't know what was on your docket. We didn't, you know, we didn't okay. rehearse I, this. I didn't share. But I might, I'm probably <laughs> leaning over. Okay. So I think he's going to make them count. But let's not forget James Washington and Ebron and. They got weapons. You know, there's a lot of guys. There's a lot of mouths to feed. Connor, right, right, right. You know, Connor two years ago caught 55 passes. That's know, why that's... I'm going under. Okay. Mike, over under on touchdowns for Chase Claypool this year, five and a half. Over. I was sitting there saying, you know, if I was going to make the line, I would have made it five. That's why I went with the half. Yeah, that's it. I'll still go over. I think I will, too, because he's a weapon. Mm-hmm. He is a weapon. Especially because how fast Pursuta said that, too, and he's been at practice and sees what they do near the goal line. And I'm just trying to read between the lines on the handy-dandy pool report. There you go. Yeah. Uh, two years ago, the tight ends combined for just over 80 catches. Uh, that would be... Vance McDonald, that would be uh, Jesse Xavier uh, and Jesse James. Yeah, Grimble. Xavier Grimble. Grimble and Jesse James. Right. This year's tight end group over or under seventy catches. Mm, I thought you were going to say eighty, and I've been easy. I that's why under. I didn't do it. Easy. Right. That's a good line, Mike. What do you got there? Over or under seventy catches combined for the tight end group. That also includes whoever the third tight end is. We'll assume it's Zach Gentry. Does Banner count if he catches two? He's not catching anything. <laughs> <laughs> he counts, but he doesn't count. That's a great number. Um, would you say 70? 70. They caught 80. They caught eight. I think it was 83 two years ago. I'm going to go under. They got to average four a game to win. I mean, to hit the over. Four catches a game isn't many with those two Between guys. Between two. You know, yeah. I mean, that's two each or three one. You know, I mean, yeah. that doesn't sound like much. But then somebody gets hurt, and there's a zero, and then you got to make up for it with an eight. I'm going to go under. I'm going to go over. Yeah. On I think one. their problem is they've got a tight end playing wide receiver, and a receiver playing tight end. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> perhaps. It's perhaps. Like, it's like the Parkway driveway argument. <laughs> <laughs> right. But that's what you want. I mean, that causes problems for defensive personnel groupings. Let's switch things over to the defensive side of the ball. Okay, so last year, Devin Bush led the team with 109 tackles. Over, under on Devin Bush tackles this year. I'm going to put it at 120. How generous is the Pittsburgh tackle giver in the press box? Not super. He's not considered no. high or low on that no. chart? Okay. 120, Mike. Over, under for Devin Bush. Matt, perspe- for perspective on that, it's not like the guy at The Ohio State University who one year gave Chris Spielman more tackles than they had defensive snaps. <laughs> That right, happened right, with right. the Broncos yeah, the one year when they, the had, year, they yeah. had they right. had seven guys with a hundred more than a hundred tackles. They had more <laughs> yeah. more solo tackles than they had plays run against them. Yep. Yeah. Uh, well, I was buying time. But that's there. important for that bet. I believe I said over under one hundred and twenty. I say one hundred twenty five tackles for Devin Bush. Twenty five or twenty. One hundred twenty five. Let's go one hundred twenty five. Wow, that's a lot. 
going he's under. Play just more, a big number. He's going to play more he's snaps. He's going to be right. He's going to be on the field in the dime. I'm going to go over. But I mean, you got to assume he plays 16 games for him to have any yeah. chance to do it, which is probably not going to happen. And they got a lot of speed that might beat him to the ball carrier at times. You got a pretty good safety. It's going to have a lot of tackles too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm still going to go over. I like Devin Bush. Bless his Wolverine heart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, remember too, Mark Barron had 82 tackles last year. Right. Yeah. You know, I so. got to go over here because it will convince the public that I do not have a bias against Michigan players. <laughs> and if I'm, if I'm going to go over the guy who stomped the Spartan logo in pregame, then that proves that. Huh? Point taken. Okay. I'm still going under, though. That's a lot of tackles. So it's, yeah, I, I think he can get there. I think oh, he, I think he can get there. I think it's a good line. There. Lawrence Timmons, when he was at, at his peak, was getting 140 or 150. So. Yeah. That's why he deserved Matt, the right, award. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. The, the award. How about the this one? award. TJ Watt had 14 and a half sacks last year. Yeah. Over. <laughs> yeah, over. We're going to go 16. Oh. Can he average a sack a game? Yeah, he can. Under. But it's pretty good. I mean, there was only three or four guys that averaged sack a game last year. But he has as good a chance as anyone. That's a tough line. You're, you're pretty confident on the over here, Mike. He looks really good. Yeah. Yeah, I just – That's and the I think, I'm Again, I think, I think more opportunities because of more leads. Right. And – Finishing up games, rushing the pass. Right? I, I don't dislike Bud Dupree. People will probably take this the wrong way. Uh, but I – let me put it this way. If you ask me who's going to up their total from last year, who is more likely, Watt or Dupree, I'm going to go Watt. Mm-hmm. How's that? How's okay. that? Is that is that a reasonable? Yeah, that's not okay. being mean. Interesting that you say that because we're going to go with the over-under on Bud Dupree at 10. I'll under. go under on that. You going yeah. under on 10? I was thinking the line to be like 8.5. Yeah. Okay. I mean, double digits, there's not a lot. That's, that's a pretty serious company. Okay. Cam Hayward had nine last year. We we read yesterday on ESPN where they're they had him with four this year, right? Four sacks. Right. I'm going to set the over under with Cam Hayward on sacks higher than that. I'm going to say eight. Under. Under. You're going to play him with more leads this year, though. I hear you. It's just yeah. Watt's going to get them all. Like, I mean, so, <laughs> Watt's going to have 25. It's only going to be so many passing reps. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to beat him to the, the quarterback. I figured out it's either, either going to be T.J. Watt getting a sack or Devin Bush getting a tackle, so everybody mm-hmm. else got to be under. <laughs> As a team last year, the I'm Steelers – throw an audible to it at six. Oh, I'm going over that. He was almost there last year in, in six games. Yeah. I mean, he was, to it at eight. Yeah, that might be stretching it a bit. but To it or Cam? I, gotta, I mean, I, I got to believe that Cam – it gets more sacks just because I've seen it. But mm-hmm. two, it's two, it's due for one of those breakout years. That I'm gonna take two, it. Yeah, I'll, okay. I'll take two, it as well. They had 54 sacks as a team last year. I believe that was one off the team record of 55. As a team, over under 55 sacks. Did the Steelers break the team record this year? A little birdie told me that you're projecting for like. 85 this year. Or I didn't something. say 85. <laughs> I said on these very airways on our show, 65. There was mm-hmm. no little birdie. Oh, I guess it was you. <laughs> I told you that. You're the birdie. Uh, it's like talking to my wife. Every encounter sounds like 
the uh, yeah. the teacher in uh, Snoopy. So you know, I've got I've got, wah, wah, a, I've got wah, them wah, well wah, over. Right. Wah, 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 wah. I've got them getting sixty five sacks this year, so I am over that number of fifty five. What say you, Mike? I'll, I'll, I like your thought process there. They're, as you right, said, I'll, they're going to have more leads. If it more yeah. leads mm-hmm. should turn into more sacks. Agreed. You know what? Well, that's over really fifty-five. A, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're three years in a row leading the league. Like it's a never pretty happened. nice that is a really, Right. That's a fun one if you play an over, like a, a, a season bet over so many sacks. Not necessarily having to set the record, but uh, I did that one year and I got it. Larry Foot got it the last game of the year in Cleveland. Did you high five him? And uh, uh, no, but I have a picture uh, that the uh, Steelers' <laughs> former team photographer gave me, and I have it. I have it framed, and it's just a ra- r- random picture of Larry Foot. I think he's sacking Colt McCoy. Michigan guy. And you got a Michigan guy on your wall. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's a good start Again, because for I'm on because I'm unbiased. Good start for that. Over under sacks in week one. Ooh. Could be a big number a big, right out of the gate. Yeah, right out of the gate. I, I'm going to say six. I'm going to say five and a half. I'm going to go over. I would go I over. Would go over. Yeah, yeah, I think they're going to get after him in a big way. That's a good start towards – you know, yeah, beating fifty-five. Um, they had <clears throat> thirty-six forced turnovers last year. Twenty of those came via the interception. We're not going to set it that high. I'm going to go over under sixteen interceptions this year. That's one a game. Wow. I'm going to go under. I think that stuff is somewhat c- cyclical. And if I think they're going to get as many sacks as I think they're going to get, they're going to have fewer interception opportunities. I think you have to go under on turnover stuff, but. I think I've said this 40 times in the last two months. <laughs> There's Teams are not going to just say, we can't turn the ball over against this team. Yeah. You know, we like they're going to put the ball in harm's way. We can't throw the ball anywhere way. 39. Right. Yeah. Like they're going to put the ball in harm's way more. But I'll still go under. Okay. Yeah, I think so as well. I think they might – well, the, the fumble numbers were, were even more – Mm-hmm. Kind of outlandish last year. They they recovered like sixty five percent of the fumbles. It was the highest in the league. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't hold up. That the never the interception up, stuff could hold up. How like about if, turnovers in general? They had thirty six last year. Let's say thirty. Where are you at? Over under thirty. I'm going to go slightly. I, I, hmm, if you went thirty and a half, I might say under. Hmm. I'm going to say because I think it's right around thirty. That's okay. just I'm under gonna go two, under. Just under two again. I'll go under. I'll go under. They play a uh, lot of yeah. young quarterbacks. Now, this year. So think about Baker will throw them to you. Yeah, you know. a lot of young quarterbacks, a lot of uh, inexperienced, bad offensive lines. I think they could. Those uh, first two weeks, well, they be pretty. Remember good for too, I mean, Watt had Watt had eight forced fumbles last year. He gets to the quarterback. On if he a, has thirty-five sacks it, it, this year. Yeah. He's gonna have more than that. <laughs> <laughs> he just takes the ball. He, he he takes the ball at the quarterback like he's stealing his lunch money. He's exceptional at it. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's a, a fluke at all. I think that's yeah. like JJ batting him down. Yeah, I think he you just, know why he's good at you know why he's good at that. He had to fight his brothers for everything growing up. A loaf of bread. Well, that is when when he was a little kid and he'd get a sack. His dad would say, "This is a true story. Why didn't you knock the ball out?" No, really. He was he was coached uh, to a very high standard. Yes, he Thanks, was, Mr. Watt. How about this one? Uh, the Steelers were sacked 32 times last year, but in 2018, the last time we saw Ben Roethlisberger on the field, he was sacked 21 times. I'm going to put the over under on sacks of Ben Roethlisberger this year at 20. You going over or under that? Under. Under. Ball out quick. Higher percentage more of runs. More running, yeah, not yeah. throwing it quite as much. Maybe not even running as many snaps on offense. 
you know, just playing. And a little I think slower. better O line. I, I, I think it's better O line. Do you think the O line is better now than 2018? Yes, I do. Yeah, I think so as well. I don't. Okay, that's a pretty good group. Um, we know that uh, Mika Fitzpatrick had the five interceptions last year. He also had two fumble recoveries and a forced fumble that which gave him eight combined turnovers that he had a hand in. Over under seven combined turnovers from Minka Fitzpatrick this year. That's that's under. interceptions, that's fumble, forced fumbles, recoveries. Just hard to do. I might go over that. Uh, again, I, I, I mean, think they shied away from it. They the end. did not go in his direction at all the entire second half. Those, those, those eight turnovers, seven of them, seven of them were in the first uh, seven games that he played with the Steelers. I mean, I think we know, but do we really know that he's great at it, or was he great at it for five games? I think he really has a nose for the football. I do too. The last four <laughs> games, he didn't, the last four games, he didn't sniff it. They didn't go anywhere near him. I mean, right. but he, he, also, he might as well have been know, playing on the moon. Because but he, he didn't get any of that secondary stuff either, where he read the play and was in the right position, and when it got deflected, it came. I, I think some of that stuff is random. I hate to say that. Sure, especially uh, I'm fumbles. All, and... I'm all for playing the scheme right and running to the ball and having support and everything, but I just I, – I can't – some of the ones he got last year, like that one in Cincinnati, great play by Devin Bush chasing down Tyler Boyd, and he hammers it out from behind at the end of that long game. And the ball just wouldn't go out of bounds. You know, it just sat there, <laughs> just there for him yeah. to come pick it up. That's I mean, some that, luck, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Bow on that's it. some luck. Uh, one last one. I have one, too. Terrell Edmonds did not have an interception uh, That's the one I was going to pick. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to put the over-under on Terrell Edmonds' interceptions at .5. Does mm. Terrell Edmonds get an interception this year? I was going to put it at one and a half. So I'm I thought say, about that. Any, I'll take the over. Does any Edmonds get an interception this year? The other two did last year. So. Yes. <laughs> I'll say he gets at least one. He's going to play a lot of snaps. I he think, he, has, I think you know? he, had, he had one as a rookie. I think he gets mm-hmm. at least one this year, too. I'm going to go under. You don't think he gets a sack? <laughs> he didn't get an interception for the second consecutive year. What is he, Ike Taylor? Did I stutter? Could be. Could be. <laughs> He's telling us a lot here. You did not. You did not stutter. We're going to take a break. Uh, he is Mike Pursuta. <laughs> I'm Dale Lolly. That's my Matt Williamson. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back right after this. Go on, Mike. Try to tie Joe Burrow into this. If you get drafted by the Bengals, it's the kiss of death. <laughs> that is what a great what a great scene in Goodfellas. That's where they're going into the Copa, right? He's, yep, he's going in it. the back, yeah. and through the kitchen, and he's, he's handing everybody, everybody money and shaking his hands. The table up right yeah. up front. <laughs> What's cool what about scene. it is it like oh, it, it's just a continual scene too. Yeah. You don't break it up yeah. at all. You right. know, it's just, just you're just walking the with them. Yeah. He's yeah. handing guys money. They're yeah. all glad handing with them. Yeah. You too. Every How time. Cool. You know. To make How it out cool was Hendry right. Hill right in that moment, man? Just the coolest dude in the world. Absolutely. He works in construction, fellas. Yeah, yeah, he I, works I, in construction. Yeah. Some construction. What, what do you do for a living? Bobby Vinton sent us champagne. I didn't care. 
That is Cannonsburg's Bobby Vinton to you. Ah. Yeah, to everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, welcome back to the Training Camp Report. I'm Dale Lolly here with Mike Pursuta and Matt Williamson. And uh, guys, uh, Mike, you wanted to, you wanted to circle back around to this practice pool report. Uh, we're running out of these things here. Well, a couple things that got my attention here, Dale. Now, remember yesterday we were talking about our 53s? Yes. And we both were kind of still bullish on Henry Mondo, even though he didn't quite make out of one of our teams. I like Mondo. Defensive end Chris Wormley's shoulder was a full participant. And that, I think, was relatively significant. Because even though they traded for this guy and he's got a track record in the league, I think at some point you have to get on the practice field and show that you are an option, right? Correct. Remember, who was the defensive back? Uh, it was fairly highly touted. I think he was a fourth rounder out of the Citadel. And and Carnell Lake said Allen. he was going to be his lump of clay. Yeah. Cortez Allen. Cortez what? Allen. Yeah. He missed almost his entire rookie training camp. And I remember he got on the field in the fourth game against the Carolina Panthers at Carolina. And I think that's what got him on the team. And that year they used him to match up one-on-one uh, -on -one with Gronkowski. And he did. He broke up a couple of passes against him when they played the Patriots yeah. that year. I don't I think, expect I think Chris that was, Wormley to do that. I don't, but I expect that Wormley had to, you know, get out there and practice a couple times, and then he's fine. Yeah, no uh, doubt. I mean, so, I, I think that had to happen. I'm not ready to say that that Mondo's not going to make this team, though. What's the pro? Give me the scouting report on Mondo. How tall is he? And he is he's an massive. He's an athletic defensive tackle. Yeah. Uh, they, they. I can yeah. remember if you remember this play last year at, at training camp, Mike. We can talk about this because it was last year. Sure, it's on tape. I believe it was on a. A fake, fake punt, fake punt, and they ran him down yeah. the field, and he caught a pass on a diving fake punt. catch, diving catch. This guy six is four, yeah, six four, two eighty. He looks bigger, mm -hmm. and and he's pretty athletic. Uh, I really like him. Like I said, I just couldn't, I couldn't fit him in my D line. Could he make it over because, Bugs? Oh thought, yeah, well Bugs is on my practice squad with him. Uh, I got I got Wormley and uh, McCullers behind the two starters. I think they're going to keep five. six there. They always keep six. They always keep six. And you're going to want to remember, Mike. You're going to want to rotate those guys early in the season because nobody's going to have their I game know, legs under them. I, I like know. Mondo a lot. I do. I he's I, not he's a right nose, on though. the right on the fence for me, but I think Wormley is going to make it over him. And if if that's the case, then he doesn't make my team. And uh, Mondo will thing, just be pawn in game of life. But what if McCullers? Well, or just you know, are we, are we in there? Is McCullers in cement? Well, I think yeah, I think so. I mean, he's he's the he's the backup nose. Nobody mm -hmm. else has shown. I'm sure they would have liked to have seen Warmly get some work at nose in this whole process. They just haven't had a time or anywhere else or anywhere else. Yeah, anywhere else. they haven't had a chance to take a look at that. Maybe keep seven yeah. and rotate them. You know, for the first couple weeks, then you yeah. got to give up somebody somewhere else. Yeah, you kept some a couple other things you guys on. Just kept uh, some bad report. dudes yesterday that weren't, you know, the end of the world to get rid of. I didn't. My guys were all going. <laughs> you guys, to guys were all studs. Yeah, they're all going to Canton. What are you talking about? Mason Rudolph led the second group, getting sacked on the first play, prompting Tomlin to say, "You know, you have to hurry, Mason." What's always been his stain on the resume? Holds the ball, holds the ball, holds the ball. Be quick, but don't hurry. At least, at least today it still happened. Um, that is a drawback for him. And then last but not least, remember we were talking about Chase Claypool yesterday and we talked about how the practice report almost always says that he caught the ball when, when he 
ended up with it in the end zone. Correct. But yesterday, yesterday when they were describing the live goal line drill, it said Chase Claypool scored on one of his opportunities. Yes. Well, today the practice report took that a little bit farther and said that Rudish, Rudolph excuse me, finished off with a conversion to Kevin Rader and a handoff to 82 for a score. 82 is Amara Darbo, who's a wide receiver. Hmm. I don't know why he was identified as 82, but it said they <laughs> handed off to 82. Well, I can tell you that Ray Fittipaldo compiled this thing, and it was myself and Will Graves were the only guys contributing. Um, so maybe they didn't have their handy-dandy uh, roster. roster with them. Gotcha. I did. I didn't. I didn't write that one. That wasn't you. Huh? That was not me. Yeah, but it sounds um, like I was guessing maybe the when they were. Like the way I take my notes is I just write the number down. I do that a lot, but I I would and maybe they forgot to just yeah. go ahead and exchange it out. You know, put the name in that for could the be. number. That could be. That uh, could, could be the case. Could have been poor editing, but uh, some other stuff. Your guy James Pierre made another leaping interception. I like him. I do. Um, he's he's been showing up on this thing, and um, uh, again referencing the earlier note that uh, a scout team offense and defense worked against the ones and the twos. There's a, a notation here in the final defensive script with the first team. The first three plays were Bud Dupree, TFL, which is tackle for loss, a T.J. Watt sack, and a Vince Williams smacking of Anthony Coyle. He's an offensive tackle five yards back. Uh, I That uh, suggests that uh, the first team defense was chewing a little red meat today. A little bit, yeah. They won that uh, part of it. That was a third down situation. Uh, they they went uh, ones against ones in third down situations in the defense. Couple nuggets. First yes. of all, Mohamed Sanu just got released by the the Patriots. They gave him a second, a second round, round pick, pick for him. <laughs> Not wow. that long ago. Yeah, crazy. Wow. Your uh, Mason Rudolph nugget from the pool report is a good one because I really believe if he's going to be a successful NFL player as a backup or whatever. It has to be early in the down. I mean, late in the down, he's not going to do business. I mean, got to grip it and rip it, right? Yeah, trust right. what you see. Out. Trust your arm. Yep. Make the play. I don't. I don't think he's there yet, and I don't know if he's ever going to get there. And maybe not. I mean, that could be the the hurdle he never gets over. Um, over under. Number of wide receiver rushes in 2020. Eight and a half. <laughs> oh, over that. Over, Twelve and a half. Baby. Over that. Over. 22. Over. More than one a game, then? Yes. Okay. Yes. Don't want to... Not that I can give away anything that I've I'm seen. I'm just asking to play the over-under game. Just right. I'm that reacting specifically to Matt's number that he put out there and the history of the great Matt Canada, no matter what Pat Narduzzi thinks. Okay. <laughs> yeah, how about that? We haven't talked about that, and we don't have a lot of time here, but what in the world is, is, is Pat Narduzzi doing talking smack on Matt Canada? And I realize this happened a year ago, but what purpose does that serve? I didn't know he did. They, they work right next door to each other. They see each other at the is, is, At an SEC coaches conference last year, Narduzzi got up and ripped Matt Canada in a coaching. Really? Yeah. Classless. Or I guess it, I don't know if it was an SEC thing, but it was an SEC, some kind of SEC website put it out. That yeah. had it out, yeah. yeah. I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If you want to act like Bob Knight, you better have the three national championships. <laughs> I wonder if he – did he learn that at that what – what if Mark D'Antonio was talking smack on Pat Narduzzi like that? How would he feel about that? 
Did he fire uh, Canada, or did no. Canada get a promotion took somewhere the, else? He took no, a job got, at LSU on his own. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of the what to, lineage. What to the SEC instead of Pitt. Right. Yeah. So he got a bump. They I gave mean, him $1.2 million. Yeah, yeah. 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 What, what, what a horrific decision. Uh, <laughs> Antonio used to – Antonio would talk smack on the other teams. I, I – he would take shots at Michigan. Well, that's when he, fine. You know, if, if, moved if you're Steve Spurrier, you can do those kind of things. You know, you can rip, you can rip Auburn. You can do, you know, make those. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, they're like Ohio State said to Michigan this year. You know, we're yeah. gonna put a hundred on them. Gr- right. Greatest Spurrier line of all time. Before I get out of here, you know, when he was coaching, he used to like to fan the flames, and and he said, um, "Did you hear the terrible, horrific news? There was a fire at Auburn. The library burned down." And some of the books hadn't even been colored in yet. <laughs> I had heard that one. That is pretty good. He, he's a peach. I, would, I mean, that, that's what the you look yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you could do that if you're Steve Spurrier. Yeah. You've got a national. You won the Heisman. Yeah, you won the Heisman. You got a couple of national yeah. champions. You know, you've, you've, you've yeah. done some stuff. My buddy Ross Tucker played for Spurrier with the Redskins when they back when they were the Redskins, and said he's a blast. He's so much fun to be around. But didn't care at all about pass protections. <laughs> they had like two, and every defense coordinator knew them. You know, like didn't care about those kind of things. We're just going to throw it to Ike Hilliard. And, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to let Mike go here on the training camp report. We appreciate you stopping by. As always, I'm Mike Pursuta. We'll talk to you again Fun tomorrow. Stuff. we got one, one of these left. Uh, but uh, Matt Williamson and I will be back right after these messages here on Steelers Nation Radio. Dale Lally here with Matt Williamson. Uh, Mike did not guess the theme for today's music. It's a hard game. Here's three songs, game. and what do they all have in common? They're they're all from 2003. Like oh, that's tough, man. <laughs> <laughs> this one was a little easier. That's this was, was a little, little easier. easier. This was a pretty narrow category. These are all girl groups. Yep. yep. All girl bands. All my all sisters groups. and me. Yeah. Little sister sledge here. <laughs> um. Looking around the league, uh, according to uh, NFL.com, uh, the Buccaneers are emerging as one of the teams pushing to sign Leonard Fournette. That makes some sense. That makes some sense. I mean, I think they, if it's a Patriot-like backfield, they always had the receiver the and the banger. Yeah. I mean, he's blunt. He's the banger. Yeah, yeah, he's the banger. Yeah, and I think that makes sense. Play with the lead and get Fournette in there. I mean, there's five or six teams I think that make sense. That one probably makes the most sense. It's pretty They're good. in a win-now mode. They're in win-now yeah. mode. He's, I mean, I know he's kind of a malcontent, but I bet he'd be thrilled to – all these all these people are just so happy he got out of Jacksonville. Yeah. I mean, Yannick Ndokwe took a $5 million pay cut just to leave. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so – To go to Minnesota. We all want to blame the players. <laughs> to go to Minnesota. To go to Minnesota, right. You know, from Florida to Minnesota. Yeah. You can take, yeah. Give me, I'm going to give you $5 million to do that. Uh, you mentioned that the Patriots cut Mohamed Sanu. Yeah. They traded a second-round pick for him last year, and he has already been released. Uh, and then you mentioned off the air, 
Belichick and these wide receiver acquisitions. I hated that move when they made it. It was terrible, yeah. I, 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 a lot of people just, you know, so, oh, Belichick did it. It must be great. Um, that was a dumb move to begin with. It Second was. round pick I for Mohamed Sanu? And if you remember, that's when they were like 7-1. and one, And right. everyone thought, they're the best team in the league. And there are other people that offered a third, but they had to offer a second because it's going to be the last pick in the round because they're never going to lose again. <laughs> and he's just not—he's not a separator. He's no. not a big play guy. He's kind of a jag. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Ron Rivera has named uh, Dwayne Haskins as his starting quarterback in Week One. Further proof that Alex Smith is probably not he's going to not, play any snaps. Yeah, they right. don't want—they don't want to play him. No. And Haskins has to be the starter. You have to. I mean, even though mm-hmm. Rivera wasn't one of the, the people there who drafted him, I mean, you have to. I mean, I would think goal number one for the Redskins, besides trying to develop some kind of winning culture, I keep calling them the Redskins. I know they're not. Sorry. But you need to know when the whistle blows at the end of week 17. What he is. Is Haskins our guy? Can he be your guy? Or is the answer no? Otherwise, if you're Ron Rivera, you're looking, okay, we got to go draft We're going to get Fields or, yeah. you know, or somebody else because I need to know that answer, right. no matter what it costs for me to find even out if it's, the answer. Even if we have to just bring in a third-round pick to challenge this kid. Yeah, I, I need to know, yeah. is he There's the man? There's some flashes, but we don't think he's yeah. quite there yet. Or Can do we, he be the man? Do we need to go sign a, vet, right. a veteran guy. To, or do I take that offensive tackle out of Oregon instead, right. you know? Uh, George Kittle had a hamstring injury. He returned to practice on Wednesday. Okay, that's worth uh, keeping. Yeah, it is worth it. They have. I mean, they're receivers. Oh, everyone that catches the ball for them. <laughs> My is goodness. Been, yeah, yeah, that's unbelievable. Uh, for the Raiders, uh, defensive back Damon Arnett suffered a fractured thumb. Mm, first round pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's that's notable. That is notable. I mean, he's a late first round pick with some ability. It's tough I to catch the football when you got yeah. a broken thumb. Yeah, like you can break some of the other fingers on your hand, and they can tape those up. Thumb's kind of important. Now, I'm not exactly sure what their plan is, but he was much more of a man coverage guy at Ohio State. That's rough on the hands. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of physicality at the line of scrimmage, punching and yeah, it uh, makes hand it tough fighting. to right. You know, get the get a good jam on them if you're hmm. hitting that thumb all the time. I their defense could be really bad from not having any ligaments in my thumb. Um, Tyler Higby, uh, according to ESPN's Lindsay Theory, uh, she expects Tyler Higby to continue to be among Jared Goff's top targets. We drafted Tyler Higby yesterday as our in our we fantasy did. segment. I, I you shy sold away from on that one. No, I shy away from. And part of it's because I really like Everett because when they both were healthy, Everett was getting more targets than Higby, and then he had that stretch where he went bonkers. He to just end went the crazy. Year. Yeah. All of a sudden, they not, hey, this Higby, Higby can catch the football yeah. too. <laughs> and I know you're that? not a hard knocks guy, but they were on last night, and they did a couple minutes on Van Jefferson, really raving about him. Yeah. And I had heard that before last night too. Yeah, there's just a lot of mouths there. Yeah, I mean, but. It's good to hear. Speaking of a lot of mouths and a bad situation, Hakeem Butler was a fourth-round pick last year out of Iowa State. Every A lot of people loved him. I liked him. You liked him. And he is projecting right now by uh, ESPN's John Weinfuss to uh, not make the Cardinals roster. Right. I mean, they have more receivers now than they did. They've added to that group. But, but wow. I bet they keep seven for the way that they play. So if he's not in your top seven, I really liked him for the Steelers. And I might have just missed. They've got him this year. They they drafted him this year. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Only I mean, better. He was good after the catch. A <laughs> yeah. big physical guy. Run ran pretty well. Uh, maybe I just misjudged him, but he, I know he was hurt last year. Um, Alvin Kamara practiced Wednesday. Uh, Sean uh, uh, 
Sean Payton. Sean Payton. I don't know why I'm freezing on some of these names. Today. Hmm. Sean Payton said that they're focused on him being part of our plan for week one. They're trying to sign him to a, a contract extension. Yeah. Um, I mean, that all adds yeah. up. I mean, the, the rumblings of Once the mixing, con- the mixing contract got done, now you're kind of set the bar for everybody else. Right. Like, okay, like, here's what it is. From what I understand, he's not asking McCaffrey money, but I assume he's asking a bump over what Mixon got. That makes perfect sense. Reading... Oh, they might trade him. No way. I mean, they're, they're going to trade him. If they're in a win in the now league, mode. They're yeah. a win now the most. And Drew Brees is last it's year. It's them in Tampa Bay. Those two teams in the same division are both in a in completely all in on this season. He might be their best offensive player. I yeah. mean, including Michael Thomas. Like, Kamara's a special dude, and without him, they're not the same team. ESPN's Courtney Cronin believes Justin Jefferson will begin the year as the Vikings' number three receiver. Number three wide receiver wide or number receiver. three target? Number like, three that, wide receiver. I was thinking. B.C. Johnson appears to be the other starter. Really? That's not what you want to hear. Not what you want to hear if, no. you're, if you're a Vikings fan at all. Mm-mm. And they don't trot out three receivers all that much. I mean, they're a heavy, too tight, 21. You know, they don't play a lot of three wide. Here's a little news about a uh, Penn State guy. Uh, ESPN's Jeff Legowald uh, writes that K.J. Hamler with a hamstring injury could potentially start the year on injured reserve. No, really. Steelers play them in week two. I mean, he's one of those tightly wound Ferraris that could break down a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, hmm. ESPN's Teron uh, Davenport projects the Titans to roster two running backs on their 53-man roster. There's two? no way they're going to roster two running backs. I mean, Derrick Evans That's is going to make nuts. the team, yeah. and obviously Derrick Henry. They run the ball way too much to only have two right. running backs it on the roster. It makes no sense That's at all. That's nuts. Does that mean that they just haven't signed Fournette yet or something? Or Freeman? I, or you know, what I mean? Somebody. Like I don't care who yeah. it is. So they'll have a third-string guy who's going to run down and cover kicks. Well, you would think, but I mean, to actually for someone to write that blurb, maybe there's only two in camp right now that they like, which could, means they better yeah. sign another. They, I mean, you from can't, outside the organization, as we saw last year with the Steelers, when they use six different running backs at, at different times. Yeah, right, right. You right. Use running backs. Yeah, and, and you know, I've heard good things about Darrington Evans in camp too. But yeah. you're not going to just count on him to be the only guy spelling no, Henry that's, that's too. That's nuts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, finally, uh, ESPN's Jake Trotter notes that Rashad Higgins in Cleveland looks like the Browns' number three receiver. I thought that was kind of set in stone already. I, I don't think yeah. that they had anybody who even challenged Higgins. No. I mean, they have two good ones, and I think Higgins is okay. And then there's a little big bag of nothing. And he's not going to play a lot anyways as, as a no. third receiver. They're going to run a lot of two tight end stuff. Exactly. Maybe even on third and longs. Maybe. And just detach and joke you or yeah. whatever. Right. I mean, Use those guys. As- there's even been r- rumors that Hunt might be their slot receiver or, you know, he, he runs some receiver routes with Chubb on the field. The, the real question there is, though, is Jarvis Landry's coming back off that hip surgery in the offseason. That's that, interesting. Right. That um, you wonder if he says he's ready to go here, but is he really ready to go? They need an outside-the-numbers type guy, too. I mean, I just mentioned Hunt would be kind of a slot. Higgins, I think, is more slot. Njoku's not outside-the-numbers. Landry really isn't either. Yeah. Like, they could use the that A.J. Green body type, the Denzel Mims type yeah. guy. Higgins know? is probably the closest thing they have to that. Yeah. He's really, eh. And what if Odell misses a game or two? Which or, happens. You know, right, which yeah. tends to happen a lot, right. So, yeah, he is Matt Williamson. I am Dale Lally. You are listening to the Training Camp Report here on Steelers Nation Radio. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back after this. If you all could see 
Our producer here, Wesley Euler, dancing right now. Dude's got rhythm, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> He's a high-energy young man. He comes from a musical background. He's got rhythm. <laughs> he was getting down here. He likes him some Spice Girls, apparently. It, it really hasn't mattered what day it was, to be honest with you, or what the theme. <laughs> Every single song that we've picked. Yep. Uh, as we said in the previous segment, our theme today was girl bands. You don't hear a lot of girl bands on a football station. No. But, but we are all inclusive here. Sure. Steelers Nation Radio. We we love our female fans as well. It's worked we well to get us pumped up together. Get, come on in. Right. Yeah. I liked it. And we appreciate that. We appreciate you all listening to the training camp report here. We've really enjoyed bringing you these guys. These, these have been fun. Yeah, they We've have been a lot fun. of fun. And Mike's a fun dude, too. Yeah. And I mean, we always have a good time, the three Spices of us. Spices up. And we have something. Right. Typically, when we get done with practice, we've got something to talk about. Right. And right. it's football related. Right. It's still not the normal year, but we're making do pretty darn well, I'd say. Yeah. Only one more of these. And you still have not made it to a practice. I haven't seen a snap in 100 years. <laughs> <laughs> To making things a little difficult from where I sit. I hear you. You, yeah. could, you could go on Friday. Could I go on Friday? Sure. You sure about that? Why not? Well, I am going to uh, a, a certain weekend away. Okay. Well, don't go then. An annual one. Actually, gonna, you couldn't go because you're doing the... I'm going to uh, be here. You're going to be here with Crowley from 1 to 3 on the uh, Somebody's going to hold down the four. I here. will be at practice right, right, right. Uh, tomorrow uh, on these very airwaves uh, at 1 yeah, o'clock. Uh, Bob Labriola and myself will interview Art Rooney... Uh, this the second uh, you can come here and hear that interview uh, with Art Rooney that will be live uh, mm-hmm. here in studio uh, during the drive so you don't want to miss that that's early on too right that'll so be don't, yeah don't that'll come be late. Er, yeah very early in the show um, he's expected in that first uh, that first segment at some point um, we have a lot to talk about there's a yeah. lot of stuff going on around the league right now that uh, absolutely I mean a lot of uncertainty but a lot of things that are getting firmed up and. You know, I, I know that he's not going to tell you, oh, we're signing Cam Hayward tomorrow or anything, but we've seen some signings like, once again around the league and Tyler Decker and Mixon. And, you know, money's being spent, which to me is the best indicator that things are going well. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, it goes back to the, our conversation yesterday when we talked about all the COVID testing right. that's taking place. Uh, I did the, I actually ran the numbers on both of those. Uh, it's 0.001% on yeah. both the workers who deal with the players, and that includes the you know the the cleaning people, the coaches, yeah, staff, right, anybody near them, sure, anybody who can who who gets near the players and has to be tested, and then for the players the same thing, point zero zero one. So awesome. they've done a great job of of keeping everything on target here. Uh, there hasn't been the mass, uh, you know, positive mass of positive tests like we've seen in some other mm-hmm. sports since, uh, since they've started up. Uh, and now some certainly, stadiums will have people in them, and yeah, some. Some will, yeah. uh, and travel will be obviously a, something of a a hurdle that the teams right. are going to have to get right. over. But I, as I understand it, they've they've adjusted the, the travel schedule a little bit too. Teams are going to be going in a little bit later than they typically do. Really, uh, they're going to be definitely locked down in their hotels. Well, oh, that you makes know. perfect sense. Yeah, you're not. They're not going to have any free time at the, when they get to the new you know whatever sure, city they're that playing makes sense. in. I mean, that should be the. That's the only area they could get messy. Yeah. And they because, better bubble that up. You yeah. Know, right? So it's essentially a, a, a traveling bubble that these guys are going to be I in. Mean, no fans greeting you when you get to the hotel. Yeah. And, if, yeah, and, and, and that's one thing, you know, right. for Steeler fans, I, I understand you want to come out and see, 
you know, see the players and, and, and they you travel know, so well. Get too. your you know, get an autograph. That's not gonna be possible this no, year. Don't go to the team hotels. Close. Right. You're not gonna get anywhere near them. Or even coming out of the stadium after the game trying to get your son an autograph yeah, or just, like, you ain't getting it. Anymore. Yeah, I mean if you wanna see your team continue to play in the football field, you have to help that team mm-hmm. make it through this thing clean. Well you're not and, gonna get close yeah. even if you want to. Right. Yeah, they may <laughs> try they may want, have yeah. snipers on, on hand. <laughs> right, right. You're know. gonna take your life in your um, hand. You know, I know for for us as as members of the media we get some of the um i got some of the guidelines today from the pro football writers association on what kind of access we're going to have okay. during the season and it's not much league-wide we're not i, I mean I, I don't expect to talk to a player in person at all this year like as close as we are i'm like you're not gonna well, it's not gonna happen yeah, yeah, it's, it's just not, not gonna, gonna happen. happen um there are some some things put in place where we can go in and watch practices during the during the the work week um and you know, I wonder if you know this answer because, like, watch the NBA last night, and a team say LeBron wins, and then a guy stands like six feet away from with his super long. Not going to happen. You know, like like on yeah. a hockey stick. Not going to happen. Like Lisa Salters isn't yeah. going to do that. Now those yeah. people probably, ha- I mean, some of those people probably had to be in the bubble. I assume the yeah. people in the NBA and hockey are in the bubble. They're and, in the bubble, right? Yeah. I mean, they've been there the whole time. Now maybe that changes it. You know, if the, if if NFL goes to a bubble type situation in the playoffs, maybe some of that changes. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe these maybe all these rules change within, you know, a month. Who knows? It's funny, I was talking to a Saints guy today. He's real dialed in with them and said and I asked him about, you know, what's your stadium situation? He said, "Well, the first two home games there won't be anybody and then we'll see." You know, so yeah. Uh, that doesn't seem crazy to me. I mean, it seems crazy to me to cancel the whole season already. That right, no one and that's one of the things there. I want to ask uh, you know Ernie the second about tomorrow. About he, uh, you know, he's been in negotiations about the, you know with these with the state about these things. I'm, I'm sure mm-hmm. you know they they tried everything they could to get fans into the stadium. Yeah. I did see today that the governor is kind of easing up on the high school sports. That's a start. He's, you know, they're going to allow p- people to go out and watch the high school sports. So. I think with what we're seeing right now um, with some of the uh, COVID numbers are starting to, to level off again now. Right, we right, had that right. little surge in midsummer, and it seems to have uh, gone back now. It's it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of eased up a little bit, and I wonder if we're— But some kids are going back to school. Yeah, and, schools you know, have started again, so we'll right. see what happens with that. I mean, um, I'd be very content if they said, okay, the first month, no, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But As I mean, long as they're being thoughtful about it. I, I don't like the situations where we're just going to shut this— like. California yeah, says we're not going to do this all year. Right. Well, that how do you know what it's going to be like two right. months from now? And you don't. You're going to be hosting a playoff game, and you already and it could have been fine, but you already told everybody no. You know. Yeah. And I'm sure the Eagles are helping. You know, Mr. Rooney's help. You know, yeah, is a partner in crime here too, yeah. trying to get done. Yeah, we'll see what happens with all of that, but certainly I think the the fact that the NFL made it through this uh, six week preseason gauntlet. Yeah, right. And and really a did big first test they passed. Didn't have any didn't have the major outbreaks. We mm-hmm. didn't see, you know, whole teams being shut down because of this. Right. Um there was other insta- you know, other situations that shut teams down, but Right, right. But that would have happened was with not COVID, COVID related. Right. Yeah. Don't blame COVID for that one, you know, so, right? But yeah. Yeah, it kind of got pushed to the back burner with a lot of the uh, social justice stuff that happened. Mhm. And you're right. I mean, in the end they did a really good job, and it's worked. Their plan that they drew up has worked. Yeah. And they've been very adaptive, too. They have been, and I think they're still – that's part of this whole thing is they're, they're still – it's continuing to morph mm-hmm. throughout the process. It's kind of like an amoeba. It's just kind of yeah. continuing to change. For, it's the way you have to be. You have to be light on your feet with this stuff. It's funny, though. Adam Crawley mentioned today he's like uh, – the commissioner came out and said, 
We don't think it's a major advantage to have, you know, a, a competitive advantage to have fans in the stands. Well, that's ridiculous. And I'm like, I like spit up my drink. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but then I was like, you know what? Commissioners always get it rough. Everyone wants to boo the commissioner. Yeah. Let's give him a pat on the back because that's the first dumb thing he said. Or <laughs> <You know, laughs> done. You know, like, yeah. Anyways, we're going to take another break before we come back with our final segment. In our final segment, we will hear from Steelers. Uh, GM Kevin Colbert, he dropped nice. in on the DVE morning show yesterday. We'll hear that interview back in its entirety right after this on the Training Camp Report. Welcome back. I'm Dale Lolly here with Matt Williamson. This is the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio. That uh, yet another one of our girl groups. Right, and we were saying I thought that was Henry Hill walking into the Copa again. Yeah, but the it, it the wasn't. wall of sound sounds very similar there. <laughs> uh, if you uh, if you're not paying attention, that was a different song. Uh, but uh, maybe a good interview here to. This wrap is a, this up. is a good interview. The, neither one of those songs though being played on WDVE. No, no. No, 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 not a chance. No, they're, they're playing Kansas. <laughs> um, one person who was on WDVE, though, earlier this week was Steelers GM Kevin Colbert. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. Colbert uh, speaking with the uh, DVE morning show and Mike Persuda. That's how uh, we know this happened. Right. And uh, our in. Steelers training camp media availabilities are presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Here's what Kevin Colbert had to say with Randy Bauman and uh, all the rest of the DVE Morning Show. Joining us now, Vice President and General Manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kevin Colbert. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Glad oh, to have you. Sorry that the thin That's applause, but it's just Mike and I, so. <laughs> That's all that counts anyway, right? You two are the That's backbone. right. <laughs> right. Do you miss Latrobe? Yeah, you know, we do. I mean, let me say this. The the uh, situation and the setup at Heinz Field has been great. You know, Jimmy Sacco and Omar Khan did a nice job of getting that prepared for us under the circumstances, and it's it's worked out awesome. But, you know, you, you're so used to going to St. Vincent and having the opportunity to build the camaraderie with the team because we're, we're a little more focused and a more um, – enclosed kind of area so it's been different but you know much like everything else um since march the whole world's different and we've tried to adapt and again uh, being at heinz field has been uh it's been good i can't um can't lie about that it's it's been good and we just hope it builds us for into the right type of team Kevin, it was kind of appropriate that we heard a little Pearl Jam leading into your segment here because, as I'm sure you remember, when you traded up to get Troy Palomalo, that uh, got the media out of the draft much earlier than anticipated, and a couple of us got to go see Pearl Jam that night at the arena. And we did so, it all for thanks. you, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> it really worked out well. Only missed about two songs, and it, and it was a great show. But I uh, wanted to take you back to Friday night. You're, you're standing uh, with Art Rooney II uh, flanking Mike Tomlin, and he's talking about uh, the Steelers wanting to be active participants 
in the formation of a more perfect union. Uh, Missy and I were doing the streaming broadcast on Steelers.com. I had no idea what he was going to say. I don't know if you knew, but uh, can can you speak to uh, your response to his words in that setting? Yeah, I mean, that, you know, I tell folks all the time, of course, a lot of people have commented on, on coach's comments and his presentation that night. And I tell folks that, you know, coach does that on a daily basis with the team, whatever the current um, issue is, the situation, the game, um, how our practice was, what's going on in their lives, just anything. Mike can get up in front of that group and address it in that manner. You know, the social justice committee um, met earlier um, that day and, and coach and, and the group decided that was the the best way to approach the situation and, you know, the current happenings in the world. And, you know, the team, the players wanted coach to be the spokesperson because they know uh, how well he can present everybody's um, opinion. And, you know, Mike did it in a manner that was, I believe, very professional, uh, very appropriate. Um, he does it or he did it without defending uh, with defending everybody without offending anybody, I think, you know, and that's a, that's a tough situation. Um, again, I had said previously, sure, we're aware of what's going on and we try to deal with what we think we can help with in, a, in an appropriate manner. And I, I, again, I believe coach Tomlin delivered that on Friday night. And of course, Art and I would be there to support him. And then of course, having the team gather in prayer, Afterwards, that was the way they wanted to bring it to a conclusion. But as Coach often says, those types of things are great, but what are, go- what are our actions going to be? And that's not something that's going to happen uh, tonight, tomorrow, but it has to continue to happen not only throughout our season, really throughout our lives. You're almost at the end of uh, COVID camp, as I've been calling it. you got to get the roster finalized this weekend. Can you clarify for me, 53 on the active roster, 16 on the practice squad, and freedom of movement between the two. Can you can you throw in uh, some details as to how uh, transactions will proceed this season? Yeah, the difference is this year, I mean, the 53-man roster is the same. 16 on the practice squad, uh, it was going to be expanded coming out of the new CBA with the, you know, obviously with the COVID situation, um, we expanded it even further. We can have 16 on the practice squad, and six of those players can actually be vested veterans. In the past, we were allowed to have four what we call practice squad exempt players, and those were veterans that weren't quite vested, that weren't quite practice eligible in the past. But now we can have up to six um, veterans. So for any given week, we'll have 69 players to work with uh, when you get to a game situation and you want to elevate somebody from your practice squad, uh, you can do it. This A single player can be elevated twice without having to waive someone to accommodate that or without having that player go back to um, through waivers to get back down to the practice squad. You can do it two times with a, with a given player. In a COVID situation, I mean, we could – if a player gets placed on deserved COVID, even on a Sunday, uh, we would have the opportunity to bring someone up from that practice squad. So the practice squad is very, uh, very 
it's always important, but this year it's even more important because of those late transactions that we'll be able to do. Um, so we, again, when, when we got these new rules, we tried to make sure that we had some veterans that if they don't make our team, uh, that they would be available to us if, as practice squad possibilities. And we got another week to figure that out. Um, little different trying to figure out who that that 69 man group is without having seen us play against somebody else but we'll try to get it done and one of the two game day additions to the 53 is an offensive lineman well you can actually um in a given day we can we can bring up if your extra player is an eighth offensive lineman you could actually have um 47 active on a given day. Um, if not, if it's not an offensive lineman, then you're still bound by the old um, active roster. And the reason we did that, um, most teams dress seven offensive linemen. And, you know, that's why we always talk about a guard being able to play center and a right tackle being able to play left because we only have two active members. And that was always a little bit lean, you know, an injury or two, and you're down to maybe a tight end having to fill in as an offensive lineman. So, um, the coaches and the competition committee got together and agreed upon that. Uh, so if we want to have that extra person, it would have to be an offensive lineman. Kevin, you talked about uh, the setup at Heinz Field and how awesome it is, the protocols that are in place. Are you confident the season is going to be able to be played out in its entirety based on what you've seen? Um, you know what, Val? It's a great question because um, – We've been very fortunate. Um, the league as a whole has stayed ahead of this, and it's something we have to continue to do. You know, once we move out of Heinz Field and um, we won't be able to provide housing, right now we can't make our players stay uh, at a hotel. That's, a, that's not COVID. That's in the new CBA. Um, but we do provide housing for those that don't have homes here. Once we get to our regular season, everybody will be on their own except for the time that they're in the building. So we're very comfortable uh, with the players in the building and what the players have to do, what we all have to do once we leave the building is be careful in our personal lives and the contacts that we have. Um, and, you know, just make sure that we give ourselves the best chance to get through this, whether or not we can accomplish that. We, we don't know. We have to, we have to get out and prove that we can. Again, once we're in the building, I mean, we have contact tracers on. We know how much time we've stood next to a person. Uh, if it's more than 15 minutes, we have to move. And um, we can do that in the building, but outside the building, it'll be up to our, up to each individual to manage that. So the first two games at Heinz Field, no fans at September 20th against the Broncos and the 27th against the Texans, which – that's going to be really weird. But what are the factors that are going to determine if and when fans will be allowed at the games? You know, that's something that's, you know, really taken care of at a higher level uh, than myself. You know, ownership is always, and I'm not talking about just our ownership. Ownership throughout the league is in contact with the different uh, government municipalities, and they try to work. Again, trying to find that compromise as to um, – what would be workable, but safety will always be first and foremost. So all we know right now is we definitely don't have fans for the first two, whether that changes or not, I can't predict. And, you know, from a football standpoint, a business standpoint, that's up for art to 
manage, and I'm sure he'll do a great job. But from a football standpoint, uh, Coach has been trying to mimic uh, what this atmosphere will be like. Uh, we see it going on in some of the other sports, and, you know, our sport's probably a little different where noise is a bigger factor than in other sports. But we just have to manage it. And, you know, we're going to get into stadiums that might seat 75,000 people, and it's going to be um, an empty dome, an empty feeling. So, again, practicing at Heinz Field in that in that environment, is, it should help us as we move forward, but it'll definitely be different. Kevin, uh, Jerry Osaski talked yesterday, yesterday about how much he misses Ryan Shazier because he thought Shazier was invaluable last year in his uh, wide array of contributions. T.J. Watt has talked about him being a go-between, uh, taking the game plan from the staff to the players and then letting the staff know what the players are comfortable with in the linebacker room. But uh, Mike Tomlin said yesterday that Ryan's doing some transitional things and he hopes that uh, Ryan will have some time for the Steelers this year. Uh, can you fill us in on uh, what Ryan Shazier, what, what Ryan Shazier is doing these days? Yeah, you know, Coach and I actually sat down with Ryan um, right towards the middle of July as we were prepping to go to training camp, and he caught us up on where he, you know, where he is in his life, and and his focus right now is on his family. Um, you know, he's still finishing his education, which is very important to him. And he's also doing a lot of work toward his foundation. All that being said, we also talked to him about, you know, availability at training camp would be limited this year, not just for Ryan, but for anybody outside the, you know, the full-time organization. Even the members of that group um, aren't allowed into the stadium because we have limits on how many people can be in each tier uh, for the testing and attendance. You may or may not have noticed that, uh, some of my scouts can't even get into the the building except to sit in the stands um, amongst the media in that tier three group. And Ryan was very understanding of the situation and the regulations. And, and that's why we've said, listen, you, you know, Ryan's always going to be part of the organization. Um, and we'll see where it goes as, as we move forward and, and hopefully get away from some of the protocol and maybe expand it and, you know, allow some of our alums to be around more, uh, even those that aren't full-time members. You know, there's been others that have reached out, and we unfortunately have just said, hey, I'm sorry, we can't, we can't accommodate you at this point. But, again, all those folks are always going to be part of the family. And, again, once this and hopefully once this lifts, uh, we can get back to a more normal phase. But we're real comfortable where Ryan is. Uh, in his life and whether or not um, he's part of the organization moving forward. I think that's something that himself, Art Rooney, Coach Tom, and myself will continue to discuss. Um, Unofficially, of course, Ryan's always with us. Officially, I think time will tell where that goes. Kevin, last thing for you. Uh, Do you suspect that uh, Bill Nunn would really appreciate players such as Chase Claypool, Alex Highsmith, and Kevin Dotson? You know, Bill was a um, Bill was a great identifier of raw talent. Um, Bill would always remind us, you know, hey, identify who the athletes are. Yes, they're playing a specific sport, and and the coaches are going to teach them how they want them to play our brand of football. But it was always an emphasis of Bill's to 
um, let's find the athletes for the coaches and, and so that they have something to work with. And those guys you mentioned, they've had, they've had nice training camps and we're seeing, we're seeing positive traits that I think Bill would have appreciated. And Bill would also remind us that, you know, until they get out there and, and play against somebody else, you really don't know what you have. And that's, that's where we are at this point. Uh, we're still learning about these guys. And as I said the other day, until they get up against somebody else, you never know what you have. If an offensive guy is doing good, it might just mean your defense is deficient and vice versa. So uh, we're, we're excited about some of the things we've seen, but we're also understanding that until we get into an arena with somebody else, um, we have to, they have to prove um, that they, they are who we thought they might be. Vice President and General Manager of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Kevin Colbert. Kevin, thanks so much for joining us. Always appreciate it when you come on the show with us. All right, guys. You have a great day now. That was Steelers General Manager Kevin Colbert uh, on the DVE Morning Show uh, earlier this week. Uh, lots of good stuff there. For yeah, you it's great stuff. I mean, you know, a lot of challenges he's facing, of course, and um, such an odd offseason, but I uh, trust Trust him more to him to get it done than just about anyone else in the league. Yeah, I mean, this has been uh, certainly challenging for the front office types for sure. Right. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, they're kind of winging their way through this as well. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and again, you just have to be adaptive and have roots with your, your scouting and team building. and Trust the process. Right, trust the process. Yeah. Right. If you trust yourself, trust the process, you probably got it right. But uh, that's uh, going to do it for this show today. Uh, so for Matt Williamson, for Mike Persuda, who joins us in the first hour, for Wesley Euler here, who is dancing as we speak, <laughs> I am Dale Lally. We thank you for listening to this edition of the Training Camp Report on Steelers Nation Radio.